Hello and welcome to Whiskey with Great Drums. Today we're going to talk about Father's Day and um, a little bit about the traditions that we've had. We know it's a difficult time for some people, um, but we do um, celebrate the day and how we do it and what gifts we might be buying. Um, we've also got an extract from the Brora Distillery relaunch. And as ever, we've got your questions and the Whiskey of the Week. And now the news for this week. And it's actually a roundup of news on the most interesting releases over the last couple of weeks this time. And we're starting with Orphan Barrel uh, and Nicole Austin, who have launched their new car strength 16-year-old bourbon, one of the most desirable brands uh, over in the States. I really wish some of these would come to the UK because I've tried them, but only in bars in America. Never actually uh, had a bottle, but I am very much hoping I get to try this one. Um and so this is uh, called Orphan Barrel uh, Copper Tongue, and they were discovered by Nicole uh, in uh, Cascade Hollow Distilling Company's single-story rickhouses. Um, and so it's actually the second time they've bottled something from this distillery, following their uh, 28-year-old, I believe it was, in 2016. Um, but it creates a surprisingly delicate, sophisticated straight bourbon uh, that they describe as being matured to excellence. Um, next up, we have The Botanist, the fabulous distillery in, uh, on the island of Isla in the Brooklady Distillery who make magical gin, one of our favourite gins actually, one of our partner gins that we use in our virtual gin tastings as well. And they have actually uh, released a highly limited single cask aged gin to celebrate their 10th birthday. So um, the gin has actually been maturing in Brooklady Distillery's warehouse on Isla since the year it was launched in 2011. How unbelievable was that? And only 418 350 ml bottles have actually been produced. So, yeah, good luck trying to get one of those. Then, just when you didn't think any more distilleries could be refreshed and reopened during a pandemic, and following last year's launch of the Lowland home of Johnny Walker at Clean Kinchy, and last month, maybe the month before now, having uh, the Klein Leash Distillery. Uh, now being open, hot on the heels of that. The Cardu Distillery is now opening again as well. And so this is all part of the um, Johnny Walker's brand proposition now of the Four Corners of Scotland collection. So look out for that and hopefully we'll all get to visit lots of distilleries very, very soon. Um, we also have the Lagavulin and Kalela um, Fejil or Isla Festival bottlings. Uh, obviously, the festival itself was last week, uh, but the bottlings are available online until they obviously sell out. Uh, 6,000 of the uh, Lagavulin 13-year-old, uh, which have been matured in refill American oak casks and then finished in high char port season casks. And then on the Lagavulin side, only 3,000 bottles at £130 per bottle. And uh, this has uh, been matured in American oak, finished in high char again, Moscatel season casks. And I've already got samples of those on my desk, um, but I haven't tried them yet. Hollywood Distillery, they held their charity auction of three collectible casks last week and did incredibly well, raising vast amounts for charity. We'd like to wish them well publicly. We posted a few things on our site about them and on Instagram. But um, hopefully everyone who heard about that got involved and has uh, managed to find some, uh, some joy in owning part of Edinburgh Distillery's history at the Hollywood Distillery. And then finally, 
the Bladnock Distillery launches its 2021 single cast collection. And we're big fans of Bladnock here. We're actually doing a tasting of the brand uh, for our Point and Whiskey Club in just a few days' time. And this is a great, great um, release. I've been fortunate to try a couple of these. And in there, you have all kinds of different casts, including Palo Cotado Sherry, known as the Deviant, by the way. Uh, the Port Pipe and the Amontillado Sherry as well. Uh, but they also have an ex-canister butt. Um, and it's one of the very few uh, to exist in Bladnox Bluestone warehouses. So, uh, yeah, I think I will be getting my mitts on one or two of these as well. That's the news and all the latest releases. If uh, anyone has anything they want to talk about, please always send it in and we'll try and cover it where possible. Cheers. As you probably know, the Brora Distillery has been reawoken and here we have an extract from the launch. I don't think anybody ever thought Brora would reopen. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to be able to resurrect a ghost distillery. It was probably one of the most emotional moments I've ever had. They opened the doors and we walked into a time capsule. It was literally like the guys had just finished their shift and walked out, but of course nobody then came back in. When people visit Brora, it, it hooks them. It, it's almost more than a job. It's recognising that you are working on something that has been around since 1890. It'll reopen, it'll be given the same process design and the same basic operating parameters, and then it'll do what it'll do, and it'll be broader, like it was then. I found myself getting incredibly emotional watching the live video of this. It was actually a 40-odd minute video that went through a walkthrough of the whole distillery, lots of historical and archive uh, conversations as well, and even the live filling of the very first cask cut into the video, which I thought was exceptionally well done and seamless, if anything. And uh, having since then tried the Brora Triptych, uh, a trio of whiskies uh, to celebrate the distillery's reopening, I am mightily excited for one day getting to visit that glorious and ancient distillery that many of us have known and loved for many years, but have not had the chance to go to since it was originally turned off. And so with Father's Day soon approaching, it is on the 20th of June. Um, it's um, the third Sunday of the uh, month of June every year. And as ever, it's an American tradition that we have adopted, or as Greg, Greg likes to call these days, Clinton Cards Days. Although they don't even exist now, so you might have to They're change not. that. I don't think so. did not know that. Mm, I might be wrong, but I, don't, I haven't seen one for a while. They've got themselves yeah. a red card. Greg's really not a massive fan of the production of cards and giving of cards when um, global corporations tell us that we have to on certain dates. Send me a text. <laughs> I don't need a birthday card or Christmas card. A text is good enough for me. Yeah. So, um, but he is a massive fan of us celebrating those days whatever way we can. And obviously Father's Day is a really emotional subject for a lot of people and for our family. Um, Greg obviously lost his dad when he was 19 um, so it does you know it's times for, for sadness and reflection um, and it is a really tough day for a lot of people but also 
um, we try and make it more of a celebration and um, obviously now we've got young children of our own and we're lucky to have my dad um, that you know we just want to spend it all together and make some great memories and um, keep our old traditions and also some new traditions mm. um, I always remember growing up it was always started with cooking dad breakfast which me and the boys will do for Greg um, my dad wasn't really a breakfast um, drinker of whiskey however Greg would never turn that down um, Correct. so we will be serving porridge with our whiskey <laughs> uh, or whiskey with our porridge on the morning um, and then followed by brunch which I, it's hard on Father's Day because I want to. Um, we've we fell in love with whiskey on porridge a long time ago when we were up in Isla on holiday, didn't we? Mm. So that kind of starts off the day, um, and then but we couldn't not have a fry up on a Sunday on Father's Day. So then we kind of go brunchy, um, where we'll be looking for a, a flight of whiskies, which I don't want to give away. So if you're following our, our Instagram, and uh, you'll be able to see how the day unfolds. And then perhaps a couple of highballs. Mm. Outside, nice. if the weather's nice. Yeah. So we will we'll be having a, a whiskey-filled day. <laughs> yeah. Why not a whiskey-fueled day? Exactly, the yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, what were your memories of Father's Day? Uh, my dad was really into golf and relatively generic whiskey, to be fair. Mm. But um, And, like, he, he works all hours uh, on the family business and, and all sorts. So uh, it was very much that kind of golf when I was getting older it'd be me golfing with him um and that kind of thing and always just just making it nice for him really mm. but you know he got ill when I was 14 and then passed away when I was 19 so that it was early memories mm. and they don't really exist massively anymore but the uh yeah since then we you know for about what was it about 10 years I never really registered mm. that Father's Day existed and then when we started doing more for your dad initially and then yeah. for me in recent years it's been Quite a nice, uh, quite a nice little day, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, the boys get really excited. Well, Archie does. He's old enough um, now to understand it about getting things prepared, and he was really good for Mother's Day, wasn't he? Getting yeah, excited great, yeah. about things done. Anything for a party, we're really um, raising quite a socialite, I think. <laughs> yes. um, anything that involves us making a cake and decorating. Cakes um, are a must. Now. Yeah, they are. They are. And um, we have done some whiskey guides that, um, or gift guides that are on the website. Um, obviously. Uh, a couple of our own range are featured quite heavily in that but then we've also got some other ideas about different gins and tasting experiences at home like the Hawksmoor at yes. home that's amazing it was so good especially the cocktails on that as yeah. well really good and yeah. they do nationwide delivery because it's hard when you with putting these guides together a lot of restaurants are changing their policies and opening and closing so that's one that we've seen that's still um going mm. strong with their at home offer yeah, then the Lakes Gin, wasn't it? Because um, we're just massive fans of them and everything they've been doing. And they've supported us a lot through lockdown with all our gin tastings as well. Mm. And uh, and then also the Great Dram subscription. So yeah. something for whiskey drinkers who like the unique, like different stuff, like trying things that they definitely won't be able to get anywhere else. And the bottles created for that will only ever go to those subscribers. So we'll never, ever go any further. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the... That was kind of the lead one from our side, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and then we've got lots of um, outdoor events happening as well, up and down the country. You know, if you have a look on your local um, community websites, you'll see lots of um, farmers markets and uh, makers markets going on. We will be attending our local ones. So just try and get out there and everyone will be, oh, not everybody, but there'll be lots of stands there that have worked really hard to put 
their Father's Day gift sets together. So go out and support local and see if you can find something new for your dad and enjoy the day. But it's really just all about being together. It's not even mm. about the gift as much. They're nice, but um, for us, it's about, you know, making you, well, you should feel special every day. Do you feel special every day? I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I can say that. Yeah. But And it's the one day off for dads, but I'm pretty sure you get a few more days off than that one day a year. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll be just spending it together. Um, oh, I'm totally lying. This year we won't be spending it together because we have to do it on the. We're doing it on the Monday because on the Sunday I'm spending we're it away from you, because I'm having to work, aren't I? Well, that's it. Is that not your dream come true? <laughs> Father's Day without the kids. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll be rolling ours over onto the Monday. Um, but yeah you'll be travelling back from Bath. So if you do need any last minute gifts, we'll definitely be there and at any other local events. But if not, check out the website. So our question this week is um, one that is actually when I was at an event, somebody asked me, and it was when I was introducing a sherry cask finish to someone and they said to me, so at what point do you add the sherry in to the whiskey? Um, and I thought it was, you know, it's a question that people do often wonder. And that is a really great question, actually. And one that, you know, what, not many people ever bother to ask. But essentially, when you have a cask, be it an ex-red wine cask, an ex-tequila cask, mezcal cask, like Chivas and Dewars, respectively, ex-sherry casks, of course, you're always going to get some residual uh like kind of liquid or, or kind of fortified wine or bourbon or whatever was in there before will always be in the bottom when you when you first get it. But legally, you have to take that out because the spirit that you put in there, spirit for Scotch whiskey production and maturation, has to derive all of its flavour naturally. You cannot add it to effectively three litres of sherry or whatever's at the bottom of a sherry butt. Um, because that would be seen as adding flavour back in the 80s and before some distillers and blenders did do that and it wasn't great really but now there's lots of rules and laws around it and so the flavour actually derives from the previous contents not contents that are still in there so whatever was in that cast before would have had time to impart its character into the wood so that character goes in and then the scotch whiskey spirit that goes into the cask draws that character out again to influence its flavour and mould it into what it should be for that distillery character using that distillery's uh, uh, kind of know-how of using those casks, be it for limited editions or core range. If you think about recent years since the SWA uh, kind of somewhat relaxed the rules um, around having to use traditional casks, uh, there has been actual true innovation in the category. Um, of Scotch whiskey. If you look at Irish, they've always been able to innovate more because they haven't really got a huge amount of rules and laws around it as such, more guidance um, from their technical file. But the Scotch Whiskey Association is a lot more hardcore when it comes to protecting the Scotch spirit, right down to the previous contents of those casks not overly impacting the colour of the whiskey. It still has to have a whiskey colour, let alone thinking about the flavour and what that has done and will continue to do to it. So there's all sorts of things that we have to think about as bottlers, blenders, distillers, producing Scotch whiskies, And it's something that not a lot of people realise, to be really honest. But 
they don't need to. As long as the whiskey tastes great and it complies to the regulations, then that's the main thing. So what was your whiskey of this week, Kirst? So mine is from the Lakes Distillery and it's the One Orange Wine Cask Finished. Now, we're both fans of the Lakes Distillery and the um, gin that they produce and the whiskey, obviously. Um, and so we were, I was really intrigued about this one because I'd never heard of what orange wine was. So um, we ordered this one and um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's So what makes it so special is that it is a really rare wine and it is called orange wine made exclusively in Andalusia in Spain. Um, and yeah, I said we hadn't tr I hadn't tried orange wine or heard anything about it. Did think, oh, surely this is just a name. But oh my gosh, when we, even just on the nose, I got such amazing sweet candied orange, those um, memories of hard boiled sweets when you were growing up. Um, and then when I was on the palate, it's really like a juicy, um, taste which I really struggled to think about another whiskey where I felt like that like the citrus it wasn't just an underlying um flavor but it was really at the forefront and in my head I was like is this just my head because I know it's an orange whiskey um, but I did come back to it later and it still was really really strong those marmalade notes um a really lovely um summer whiskey I would say I know where people do joke about when we say yeah. it's a summer whiskey and a winter whiskey but this was really really lovely and um we're actually up at the distillery um in august so really looking forward to seeing the guys up there and uh trying it outside in their lovely terrace area yeah i remember when you passed it over to me to try as well it had that beautiful kind of big orange note that like orange boil sweet kind of note yeah. as well i did i just didn't expect it because often because obviously i hadn't heard about orange wine and then when just because it said it on the bottle, I thought, oh, it's in my head that I'm going to try all yeah. this. And I expected not to be able to try it or really struggle to, to taste the orange, but it mm. was brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Happy days. So for my Whiskey of the Week this week, I am actually choosing the Red Breast Dream Cask 29-year-old Sherry Cask, which has sent the Facebook sphere and Twitter sphere alight with rage and delight in not-so-equal measures having seen people win and some people not win in the ballot. I actually did manage to win a ballot um, bottle, so purchased that for the 520 euro uh, I was required to pay, and I'll be sharing that with my father-in-law. This is actually the press sample that I was sent just before the ballot all kicked off, and uh, yeah, I've not had a chance to try it yet, so why the hell not? Here we go. So, this is quite frankly a a joy to uh, to be able to try drinks like this um, and very very big thank you to Irish distillers at IDL for sending me the press sample truly truly appreciative of that um, and that itself came in a lovely box as well um, but yeah just got to get involved and have a go haven't I really here we go oh hello so the nose instantly, you get that classic sherry flavour profile, but also a gorgeous butteriness. Pot still character that it is. Some herbaceous clove-like notes there as well. Ah, oh, almost a bit of a menthol note too. Really, really quite delightful. 
the tobacco note coming through as you go back to it time and time again it's revealing more and more flavor and indeed uh, character mm. wow that palette for a relatively high abv it is mega smooth all about those berries those black currants almost like a a gorgeous kind of oh how do you describe it juicy red and dark uh, berry fruit note there it lingers with a lovely big spicy note there as well um, but all the while so creamy so smooth so thoroughly enjoyable oh man that's a true delight and i sincerely hope more bottles than just ours ever get opened as well as i know a lot of these will just end up on auction sites which is a desperate shame but that's how it goes so thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed uh, this week's podcast and it's given you some inspiration for Father's Day weekend. Um, and really great to see the or to hear the Brora um, relaunch as well. As ever, get in touch with any questions you've got. We have got some more Pub in the Park dates um, coming up. Tickets are still available on their website. Um, and if you want to come down, give us a message just to check because we're not at all of the events um, and check that we are there. Look forward to seeing you soon for a dram. Thank you.